One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombus donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombus.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to another edition of Supercoach Edge, where we bring you all the insight, analysis, and the edge for season 2021. My name's Damon, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Liam, who I imagine is a very happy camper with his performance on the weekend. Yes, I, I am quite happy, and you know what? I'm not 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 a religious man, but by God, I am a member of the parish of the Supercoach Gods. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he sure did play like a bit of a god. <laughs> one thing to note as well that uh, he actually joined one of the uh, illustrious crew on the weekend, where he was one of just three players that scored over one hundred and Which is yes, if you haven't now realised, is why we titled this week's episode one hundred and eighty. Yes. Yeah, good old dart reference for those people who don't know uh, darts. Um, it is it is like one of the biggest spectacles uh, in terms of being a sport with, you know, the fans getting really, really into it, which is quite funny. Like, I can't <laughs> imagine anyone like just getting around it. Yeah. But apparently like, yeah, just YouTube it for those people out there who haven't seen it before. It is amazing. It's like such a mellow sport and people are just, yeah, in the crowd and they've got banners and chants and everything. It's insane. Crazy, crazy. You know what else is crazy? What's that? And exciting. Guess who just re-signed with the Dons for the next two years? Uh, not that man. What a week it's been. Not that man. What a week it's been. <laughs> uh, that's good news. Good news for the Bombers because, um, I mean, off the back it's of Zerit as well, uh, which yep, was a uh, long-termer. So, uh, yeah, promising signs for the uh, for the Dons. Hopefully, hopefully. That's it. But um, before we jump into discussing the uh, the round that was, let's just uh, roll through where uh, listeners can find us across our social channels. You can find us on Twitter at at supercoach underscore edge, myself at uh, Liam Evans underscore 95, Damon at at DamoJ88, and on Facebook and Insta, uh, just search Supercoach Edge and you'll find us there. And uh, moving on to our very first segment. And uh, it's probably no surprises as to who's going to kick off this segment because it is, uh, well, the, the person who ends up losing uh, in our head-to-head match is bestowed the honour of, uh, of kicking it <laughs> off. And uh, I'm going to say it, it's me. So uh, let's get into it. And it is uh, the good, the bad and the ugly. 
Yes, in the good, the bad, and the ugly. Every week we run through a quick recap of how our respective teams have performed and the players that stood out for both good and bad reasons. And um, you'd think, yeah, you've, you've probably had a bad week, haven't you? Like, you know, again, <laughs> kicking off the uh, this uh, this segment, not the uh, not the most illustrious thing, but. Yeah, it comes with a bit of a silver lining, I think, because I did manage to score one of my highest scores uh, yeah. since round 23 in 2019, uh, which was a score of 2,502. Uh, and that score that I scored back in round 23, 2019, hopefully I can replicate it because I ended up scoring 2,796 all the way back then. Uh, and that was the year, of course, when I finished, uh, I think it was 147th overall. Nice. Uh, so dizzy heights and maybe something that uh, you'll be eclipsing um, come the end of this year, Liam, because you are in ripping form. No no, no doubt about that. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, on the ranking front, I rose 866 spots to now sit in 3,797th overall. So in the top 4K, which is uh, which is pretty pleasing, and gunning for the, uh, the top 1K spot. And I say top 1K spot because... I think that's when you come into contention for the KFC merch, isn't it? The uh, the key ring yep. and yeah, the key ring, the socks, the hat. The hat. But anyway, we digress. Uh, so onto the trades that I made for the round. I ended up finally cashing in Flynn for the floating R three donut in North Melbourne's mid season draftee in Edwards, and put that money to immediate use by trading Impy, who yeah, unfortunately I had to trade him out. I was hoping to keep him all year, but I traded him to Dangerfield. And gee whiz, was he in the danger zone? Because <laughs> he well and truly hit form on debut for my side with 184, or should I say 184? <laughs> if I'm channeling my inner darts MC. Uh, but the best part is I still have a touch under 300k to use on nice. my final F6 upgrade uh, going into this week with with four trades up my sleeve. So we'll, uh, we'll go into detail uh, as to what trades we're looking at doing, but... Um, yeah, there's there's a few options there which we'll discuss. Um, onto the scores for the round, uh, for the good, um, it's probably quicker if I name off the uh, the bad and the ugly, um, which is why I think you know it probably seems like I'm up and about for this segment, and I am because I'm quite happy with my my score. You should be, you should be. Your score was great. And it's very very rare that you score over twenty five hundred and you get beaten. So <laughs> what what can you do? That's true. So <laughs> you are uh, you'll you're going to hit the roof, I think, when you go through your team. If I'm up and about at the moment, I will. <laughs> But uh, yeah, in the good column, yeah, almost too many to name. So quick uh, recap. So these are the uh, the sort of dizzying heights that uh, my team was at. So Danger 184, Steel 154, Walsh 138, McRae 138 as well. Just had to level the other uh, little Carlton champion. <laughs> uh, May with 131, which was quite surprising. Laird with 129, Grundy 126, Lions 123, Jay Z 121 back in form, and Hall also with 118. Whilst Ridley, nice. Merritt, and Taranto also, um, I'll throw them in the mix. They only scored just over 100, so maybe I should put them in the uh, the bad column. Oh. <laughs> no, just, just kidding. Oh. But the bad column, Liam. You know who has made his return into the bad column? Oh, God, here we go. <sighs> and it hurts me to say his name because he is an Essendon player. And uh, you know my love for Essendon, being a Carlton man. Yeah, Langford. Back to scoring absolute dribble. <laughs> I was trying yeah. to find the appropriate yeah. word. There was no, another I, word I was going to use, true. but I'll, uh, I'll keep it PG. 64. 64. Now, I think he needs another rocket from you because remember last time I gave him a rocket and I said, you are on your last legs, even though it was like the first week that His he was... first legs? Yeah, first legs <laughs> in my team. So I'm going to deliver that warning again, Langford, and you, you watch him come out and you'll smash it this weekend and it'll be thanks to me. Good. Thank you. I have four trades left. Don't make me use one of those on you. 
that's, that's it. That's it. I'll do it. Don't make me. Uh, so anyway, moving on from him. Um, short. Uh, he's much better. Scored sixty five. <laughs> Only one point more. Did, is, is he going to get a rocket? <laughs> nah, not at all. Because Hawley's going to be up for the season. So the whole the whole one point. Yeah, the whole one point. Oh, that is true. That he's, is true. That's that the silver lining. Otherwise, yeah, he'd probably be. Um, Poor Hooley. Yeah, poor Hooley. Hooley dooley. Um, but yeah, short 65. Uh, Daniel, it was kind of annoying me because, um, and I don't think we'll be discussing him in the, the rest of the episode, but I just want to touch on him because the way that he's being used by Bevo is crazy because he's been played in the wing, played in the midfield, played in defense, played up forward. The other thing he hasn't been played in is the ruck. So I'm expecting him to be played Why in the not? ruck on the weekend. If he gets a hit out, surely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Surely we just keep Can him someone out. just give him a boost? Just a little bit of a... Look how funny would that look like? It's a step ladder. Yeah, a step ladder. Like, you know, they cut their hands together and he just steps in and they spring him out. It'd be funny. Oh. Um, anyway, digressing again. Uh, ugly. There's only the one. Um, actually, there's two. Mm. But uh, one took the field for me in Waterboy uh, with 37. And, yeah, he's my only on-field rookie. So, hopefully he is... Um, I was going to say he's my final upgrade, but I think I'll probably upgrade CCJ. And he's the other guy who uh, was on my bench, thankfully, as my emergency uh, because he did score the five. Um, And we will go into detail, or at least you will go into detail next um, because there is a little bit of a a story there uh, as to my week that was and why I started at a really, really high point and I thought I was going to beat you hands down. And Parrish was was sort of the... uh, I guess the branch that was thrown into the, the spokes of my super coach bike and I just went arse over tit. <laughs> good analogy. Anyway, let's, let's move on to your team leader to go. Yeah, it was a pretty good week for myself, uh, if I don't mind saying so myself. Uh, scoring actually my third highest super coach score ever since I started playing in 2018 Ooh. with a score of 2,558. Um, yeah, big score there. Quite Massive. happy with that. And I just think, what what could it have been if I didn't have CCJ's five on mm, field? That's it. But uh, the VC on one Darcy Parrish and his score of 190 did help quite a mm. lot. I did see myself back up on the right trajectory after a small fall in ranking last week, propelling myself up another 803 spots into 2,171. I'm gunning for that top 1K by season's end, hopefully. Yeah, it's a good spot to be in. Yeah, it's been a big, it's been a big jump. I was thirty thousandth at one stage this season, so yeah. it's really built solidly. So hopefully, I can maintain that for the rest of the season. Next, next few rounds. Persistence pays off. It does. It does. In terms of my trades, I did make the two this week with Flynn and Impey, two very respectable Supercoach soldiers this way this season, making their way out of my team uh, for Dangerfield and the Rolling Donut Jacobs. This also allowed me to free up a war chest of 311.9k, which I am absolutely licking my lips to use this week, and as you'll find out later, I have absolutely no clue what I'm going to do with it. In the good, headlined by Darcy Parrish with an incredible game on the weekend, he scored obviously that 190, which was followed closely by the prodigal son, Patrick Dangerfield, who started to my side and has uh, was traded back all those rounds ago. But he came back in with his score of 184. Thank you very much. McRae, Walsh, May, Laird, Grundy, Lyons, Jay-Z, Hall, Ridley, Merritt, Taranto rounded out with scores of over 100. Um, and I was pretty happy with all of those guys. In the bad, I had Whitfield, Daniel. I'm going to throw in Clayton Oliver as well. Mm. Uh, Dusty Martin. And, of course, your, your man, Langford. Mm. 
um, who all provided substantial unders this week. Uh, to be honest, I think Langford will come back this week, back under the roof at, at Marvel. I reckon he's in for a big one. And because I gave him a rocket. Don't forget the rocket. And because you gave him a rocket and because I came in as the good cop. Yeah, that's it. The nice parent. Got to balance it out. Yeah, balance it out, the fun parent. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? Uh, you know who gets my rocket this week? Who's that? Maxi Gorn. Ooh. Bad. In the bad books. You know what? I always put him in the ugly, even Ooh. though he did score that 100. He has an average of almost 150 against the Giants in his last four. And what? Pumps out a score of 100. Mm, that's true. Not, not, not good enough. Not happy. Not happy. Come on, yeah, Maxi. You sounded like a bit of a headmaster there. You're like, bad Maxi, bad Maxi. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you got a ruler, you got the strap out. You're yeah. about to give him the strap. I'm, I'm, I'm close. I'm close. <laughs> nah, I love Maxi, but need more from you, yeah. mate. And into the ugly, the one and only ugly in my side was CCJ's five. Something I was ruling on Friday night uh, before the game, but uh, it was pretty quickly forgotten after uh, Parrish scored that 190 uh, as the VC, which was, which was lovely. Uh, now let's just have a quick look. I think you said last week the normal transmission had resumed due to the end of the buys, but I feel like it went, you went a bit early on that. This week, normal transmission resumed uh, with me back on the winner's list. And here I was, sitting pretty, seeing you had CCJ on field <laughs> after that first game, and I was thinking, I was set for a win to square the ledger, but no. Bloody Parish had to tear down those dreams. And uh, funnily enough, I actually heard this song that I'm about to play, by Ian Moss on Smooth FM yesterday. And uh, you know my immediate thought, what it was? <laughs> what a great way to sum up my weekend. Because, you know, I was at the highest of highs and he tore me down to the lowest of lows. So maybe Ian Moss should uh, think about changing the name of this song, which is Tucker's Daughter, to Darcy Parrish. <laughs> so yes, that's an ode there to uh, to Darcy Parrish. So thanks a lot, thanks a lot, champ. Hey, oh, don't, you, you can't champ Darcy Parrish. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the running tally looking like, Liam? You're getting away from me. Yep, back up to nine wins, seven losses. So you got the two game break on you, which is which is nice. Uh, and um, percentage is is obviously still pretty similar. Hundred point eight versus ninety nine point two one. So yeah, it's st- still pretty close for this stage of the season. But uh, with with rounds sort of coming to an end and not, not, not a big massive amount of difference between our sides. I think there'll be some big decisions with VCs and loopholes um, in coming weeks. Yeah, it's almost like we were discussing uh, pre-record and we were saying that it's coming down because our team is almost identical, but what's Steel versus Parish? Steel versus Parish, and, and whoever we go for with the VC it. and yeah. the captaincy. So, yeah, there's not much separating us. So you're almost guaranteed the win, I reckon, from here on in. Like I might... I might have to play some shifties. I might even, as we're recording this episode, say, no, 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 I'm going to like, I'm going to captain Paddy Dow and yeah. Oh, do it. <laughs> do it. Is <laughs> Paddy Dow even in your side? <laughs> no, he's not taking back those memories. <laughs> we'll be discussing Paddy Dow later in the episode though because it, it could be the second coming mm. or the third coming or the fourth oh. coming. I don't know what you call it, but he's back. <laughs> Maybe. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on to the next segment, which is uh, where we have a look at all the happenings from the round that was by discussing the hottest topics, players, and everything in between in the week that was. I don't care if Monday's black, Tuesday, Wednesday, hard to tell. Thursday, never looking back, it's Friday, I'm in love. Yes, let's kick off the week that was with uh, some breaking news that we actually broke on our 
Twitter page, and it was that uh, Lockie Neal was going to be a late out, and I can't tell you who my sources are because, uh, you know, channeling my, you know, Tom Brown, <laughs> but uh, it was a sizable source and uh, was was confident enough to run with it, and yes, he ended up being a late out, so hopefully uh, for those of us who are listening to this podcast and are following us and own Lockie Neal, uh, we're able to make some contingency plans yeah. um, off the back of that, so... Yeah, that's, uh, that came to fruition, unfortunately, uh, for those owners of Neil. But I um, must say, now, Chris Fagan, you're on notice, mate. <laughs> this is like kind of a Carrozaro. Yeah, I know. Oof. Talking about uh, not revealing sources is another one, Carrozaro. So, Chris Fagan, you're on notice, mate. If you don't want to be in the coach's burn book, don't do that to us again, please. Yeah. You're a good bloke. Yeah, I'm a big fan of you. And he's a good bloke, evidenced by that. Uh, did you see that footage of Mitch Robinson? like leapfrogging him yeah. and like pushed him to the ground and he yeah. just gets up like polishes off his hat and whacks it back on his scone yeah. and it's like imagine doing that to like a Lee Matthews or a Mick Malthouse Mick Malthouse would be hilarious Clarko I reckon Clarko will get pretty or, pretty fired uh, up yeah, he, might, he might give you a left hook I reckon yeah <laughs> just left hook yeah might just the one because that's, that's all it'll need and just to knock your block off and, and <laughs> put a hole through your skull yeah um, Chris Fagan please pull up your socks mate Please, Gramps. Oofs. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> Moving on. Danger. 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 I feel like... BT. BT. <laughs> Fucking BT. Butler. Butler. Danger. Danger. <laughs> danger. Butler. <laughs> Quality commentary there. Oh, he's a great commentator, isn't he? Let's just have a bit of a delve back and look back at what, what, what we spoke about last week. Let me get my harp out. Uh, since playing at Geelong, um, if you do exclude his injury-affected score of 26 in 2019, he hasn't gone below 99 against the Dons, and that's since 2016. So he does have a very, very good, I guess, uh, scoring history against the Dons, who he does face this week. Um, and as much as it hurts me to say it, I really do think he'll be back to a much bigger output this week. Yes, last week uh, we, we had a bit of a chat about the form that Danger has against the Dons. Um, and there was a bit, a bit spoken about about the fact that he hadn't turned up for the season. And I think we both we both pointed out with the use of the crystal ball and some uh, quality spreadsheets uh, <laughs> that that he uh, it was it wasn't too big a risk for danger, and uh, he probably would turn up with a with a lower score of ninety nine that obviously other than his injury affected I think twenty seven. Uh, he he did come back and and score quite well against the Dons, and and that he did with one hundred and eighty four. Or you could say it another way, Liam. How? 184! <laughs> love it. Love it. Yes, the crystal ball was back at it again. I thought the crystal ball would be uh, flying off the shelf. I don't know if people have just given up on their, their super coach season, but um doesn't matter. Just, it, you just tune in to us and um, we'll deliver those little insights and um, projections into the future. <laughs> just continue listening to us and uh, we'll come up with those little, little doozies. Yeah, but uh, moving on to another doozy, speaking of doozies, Sean Darcy. Uh, is he shoring up his place as a potential set-and-forget ruck next year? Potentially at the expense of Gorn, maybe, or Grundy, but Gorn probably on current form. As we saw on the weekend, and as we've mentioned ad nauseum already, he was one of the one of the few players to score 193, Liam. Yes, big score from the big man. And I guess at the other end of the scale, uh, we had Callum Coleman-Jones, the man that many were pinning their hopes on this week. And he had a bit of a fall from grace, unfortunately. Uh, he was injured and subbed off on the weekend with a score of, of just five. And 
I mean, I wasn't watching the scores unfortunately on the weekend. Uh, on that, sorry, on that Thursday night, I didn't see the scores early on. I was uh, a bit busy with work, but uh, I saw that he was uh, a post match that he uh, was actually on negative scores at quarter time. Uh, so at least he came back and uh, mm. and and came with that with that five. But hopefully, uh, we'll see him back on the park soon. Moving on to uh, the other big, uh, was yep. kind of brushed under the carpet, I think, because he played the what, last game of the of the round, and that was Bont. So what happened to Bont? He's finally Liam. We've been saying it all season. He's renowned of having, you know, for having those games where he just has an absolute yeah. shit one, really. Um, and he had that on the weekend. And uh, he'll finally have his price fall. And he lost 15k on the weekend and now has a break even of 168, which is no. not you know, unachievable, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, in- interestingly, uh, his score of just 83 lines up with his past form against the Roos, which almost seems like a bit of a bogey side for him. Yeah. And you'll actually remember as well uh, that we we we, uh, we looked into the crystal ball and we mentioned that, Liam. Yeah, we did mention his past form. I don't think either has predicted that he'd, he'd, he'd succumb to such a low score considering that North Melbourne does give up so many points yeah. against midfielders. But uh, he, he was it was always in the back of my mind that he probably may not score as well as we thought he would. Yeah, he actually started the game... Uh, pretty well because I think at quarter time he was uh, he was around about on par with McRae and then yeah. from then on he just fell off the wagon because he was getting like really unbot like things as well he was getting caught with the ball giving away free kicks high tackles yeah. clumsy tackles yeah just an off game really so thankfully uh, for those people who are looking at bringing him into their side uh, you probably just have to wait a, a couple of weeks and Hopefully he doesn't achieve that 168 break even and, and drops a bit more in price. So you can you can nab him heading into Supercoach Finals. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Now that brings us to the next segment. The Price is Right. The Price is Wrong, bitch. In The Price is Right, we run through the top buy, sell, hold and weight options for this round of Supercoach. We'll chat about the pros and cons and what we'll be doing with our own teams this week. Uh, first up, we uh, where, where's the good man? Where's, where's, where's the great man? Come on in, come on in. Franco, you there, mate? Grand style, grand style, grand style. Megalo, megalo, megalo. Thanks for that, Franco. We'll uh, leave the uh, leave the, the bag with the with the big dollar sign on it just uh, at the door. <laughs> oh, that's what he was doing? How can we forget? <laughs> it's tax time, Liam. That's oh, why I was answering. That's why it's all in cash. Oh, I... <laughs> Wait, are we supposed to say that publicly? Oh, wait, well, say the quiet part loud and the loud part quiet. (laughs) Did I say that out loud? (laughs) My God, Vanessa's got a fabulous body. I bet she shags like a minx. How do I tell them that because of the unfreezing process, I have no inner monologue? I hope I didn't say that out loud just now. Oh, he's, he's now, now he's sprinting out the door. Yeah, that's that's. Bye, Franco. Franco. See you, Franco. See you next week, mate. Oh, he's funny. He's a funny old man. <laughs> he is. He is. Let's kick off the first segment uh, with a buy. First up, we've got Jordan Ridley, defender. He's four hundred ninety-five point two k, average of one hundred one point four, and a break-even of seventy. He was on the buy list last week, and 
he, he maintains his spot there this week uh, with his low break even, um, his solid scoring and being sub 500k. He's back to his old role and is again taking kick-ins, which is nice to see as a Don supporter. He's taken seven, eight and four in the last three weeks uh, since the buys and he's actually played on from all of them, which is just super coach gold. And this again correlates with his scores of 111, 111 and 109. If you don't have him... Um, is just the value pick for your defense if you are looking for another defender. Yes, and moving on to a uh, another option who was a bargain option a few weeks ago, and you could probably still consider him, and you could probably still consider him a bargain. And it is yes, Scott Pendlebury, the Collingwood captain, priced at five ten point one k, averaging ninety four point three with a break even of one oh six. And yeah, while he's not quite the De Pendlebury that we're used to, his scoring has been on the up in recent weeks. And in the last four rounds alone, nice. he scored 107, 167, 86, and 107. And uh, you may remember going back uh, a couple of weeks, or three weeks ago, I think it was, when he was, uh, I guess, bottomed out uh, at that juicy price of around about 420 or thereabouts. Uh, he won't be pumping out uber primo scores week in, week out, but you could do a lot worse than Pendles for your M8 spot, I think, especially if you're looking for a value option. And just in terms of Pendlebury's spot, you know, being maintained in the midfield, I guess, because, you know, as we saw mm. in, you know, months gone by that he was playing, you know, off the forward line, sparingly in defense, and now he's transitioned back into the midfield, his usual spot. And it's uh, come to light that Josh Dacos has uh, sustained a finger injury, which should see him miss the rest of the regular home and away season. So that there is unfortunate for young Josh, but for owners of Pendles or for prospective owners of Pendles, that does uh, help him and his scoring prospects going forward because you'd think that he's definitely going to stay in the midfield going forth from here on in. Yes, and now moving on to another midfield option this week, we've got Andrew Brayshaw, 532k, averaging 103.9 and a break-even of just 67. He's another value option, I guess, for that M8 spot. Brayshaw has had a had a pretty good run of form in, in recent weeks. He's got a three-round average of 112.3, and in the last four weeks, uh, his scores read as 120, 92, 110, and 135. Also pleasing in his run in run into the rest of the season. He doesn't really face a side that has a real hard tag, something that uh, we all know that he does struggle with. He also comes up against Hawthorne and Geelong in the next two weeks, sides that he averages 114 and 119 against, respectively. So if you are looking uh, at a value M8 option, I don't think you can get much better than uh, Andrew Brayshaw. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, definitely echo that sentiment there because uh, I was actually looking at him oh, weeks and weeks ago as uh, as I think it was my M6 spot potentially uh, because, yeah, he was... I think he was actually bumping the, the sort of high 500K mark. Um, so obviously a bit more expensive than what he is now, but... Yeah, I mean, the, the the only knock on him is the fact that he, yeah, has trouble handling a tag. And, yeah, like you said, he's not really going to face any side that's going to tag him, uh, or at least with a hard tag. So, yeah, from here on in, as we saw on the weekend as well against my mob in Carlton, uh, he was everywhere. Uh, yeah. And he's just got that endurance yeah. about him as well where he can run all day. Um, and he just, yeah, he comes into the game with his own ball, really. Moving on to a guy that we speak of favorably because we got him in on the weekend and he absolutely smashed it. Paddy Dangerfield yes. uh, as a mid-forward. Price now at 533.1K, averaging 101.5 with a break-even of 32. And like Ridley, Danger was on this same list last week 
And uh, a big slide on him was he hadn't turned up yet this season. Well, Liam, he more than made up for that with a score of 184 on the weekend. 184! <laughs> yeah, double exactly. tonned. Double tonned. Uh, as mentioned, he loves playing the Dons with a lower score of 99 against them since being at Geelong. So um, no real surprise to us being the, uh, the crystal ball gazers that we are. But uh, if you did miss him last week, must be said, get him in ASAP. With his break-even of 32, uh, he's just he's going to skyrocket. Um, now that especially Duncan's out for the year, uh, he's getting ample midfield time. Um, what's more, what more can you say really? Like he's he's doing everything. He's kicking goals. He's racking them up. And yeah. like I mentioned last week, he's the sort of player. And if you saw how he played on the weekend as well, like went with the footy he loves, uh, and he scores like Bond. Like dead set, scores like Bont. And it doesn't matter if he's having a, a shit disposal efficiency game, he still smashes it. So get him in. Yeah, precisely. I think he was, it was a great pick last week. And I think he's, he might even be a little bit out of some people's price ranges this mm. week, unfortunately. Uh, but moving on, Sam Walsh, your boy, Damon, 544.2K, mm. average of 114.3, break even of just 56. He, he's an interesting one, actually. He comes in as a top seven mid, if you look at total points for the season. But he's only the 27th most expensive player. Mm. And that's courtesy of the DeBoer tag a few weeks ago. Um, but then again, since then, he's gone 131 and 138. So he's, he's definitely back. And as Franco would say, Magalo, Magalo, <laughs> grand sale. He'll be flying out the door like a half-priced Il Modernissimo set. To use another analogy, he'll be flying out the door like Franco Cotto himself with a bag of cash <laughs> with a dollar sign on it, knowing that he's uh, he's trying to tax evade. No, never, never. Well, he had a bit of speed behind never. him when we gave him that cash before. So. <laughs> you say about that, just connecting dots. In any case, uh, Sammy Walsh, get him in if you don't have him. 544.2k. You know what I'm going to say is the bargain of the season. Oh, absolutely. Another bargain. And just on that, <laughs> I hope people... Uh, heeded our advice with the the number of bargains on offer last week because uh, we named enough that chances are one of them would have been a, a bargain of the season so there you go but no no seriously you can use that you can use that tag for him because yeah, I actually think it's it's very apt just compare like he's he's priced 11 sorry 12k more than Brayshaw and he's averaging 11 points more on average every week mm, so exactly you're getting that extra value there. So get him in, get him in. But moving on to um, from one love child to the next lamb in at Jake Stringer. Can I call him your love child or someone no. that you... Uh... Don't really have many feelings towards him. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not one that's not, 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 not like my Darcy Parish. No, yes, that's fair enough. Yeah, Jakey Stringer, um, he's been a bit of a enigma. Is that the right word for it? Yeah. He's kind of been out of the box one week and then the next week he's just tapers off. Uh, but yeah, yeah, he's priced uh, at 472 with an average of 86.1 and a break-even of 83. And uh, Jakey Stringer makes his way onto this list as a high-risk, high-reward option, hence Enigma. Uh, and he has a three-round average of 124.7. <laughs> Jesus. Yes. Whoa. Oh, sorry. I, should, I shouldn't uh, take the, um, the Lord's name in vain. I shouldn't say Jesus. I should say Darcy Parrish. Parrish. Thank you. Uh, and he has a five-round average of 102.4. Yeah. But 124.7. <laughs> I 
102.4 as a forward, though. That's not that's not true. That's shabby. actually pretty good considering his overall season average is 86.1. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just went fishing there. I just threw the fishing line at it you know, with uh, with no bait on it, and you took it. You chomped it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, looking closely at his last three games, which is the more appealing uh, scores since he returned from in- injury in round 11, show what you're going to get. So 94, 44, 180, 84. 110. So not quite the uh, the roller coaster as I'd call him, but um, yeah, it's pretty consistent though. So one thing that I will just quickly note there: 94 and 44. Uh, one was a return from injury, so potentially that's why he was in a bit of a lower score. Had low CBAs in that game too. Yeah, and what's what's the what's the main reason do you think, or the key reason that people should be considering him? Because uh, I, I see Jackie Stringer, and my immediate response is is. Uh, is laughter. Yeah, no, no, fair call, fair call. It's it's hurting me thinking that I'm considering getting him to my side as well. Please do it. Um, hey, if I do, you just know what he's going to do. He's going to exactly. do Darcy Parish. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> and I, th- yeah, so quickly on the key reason though that he is on this list, it's his CBAs in the last three weeks, uh, especially since the buy. There is top three for the season with 85%, 84%, and 85% again. His role through the middle is very favourable to his super coach scoring, and that's what we're really seeing from him. He's, he's able to impact in the middle at the stoppage and then also go forward and kick goals, um, which is obviously just super coach gold. So he kicks he kicks a few goals, but he's also getting clearances, he's getting inside 50s, he's getting contested possessions. So that's why his scoring has taken that big upturn that we've seen. He's playing pretty much exclusively as a midfielder that just sort of goes forward on occasion. And to be honest, if he does continue with this role, I I don't, I don't think it's a massive call, but I think he'll definitely average over 100. Paco has arrived. The package has arrived. The package is... Yeah, he's arrived. He's going to arrive damaged and sopping wet because um, he's been left out in the rain by Australia Post. <laughs> he's... Look, look, I will say the one thing that's on his side is he's playing for a contract. Yeah, so, that's true. Uh, as long as he doesn't sign till the end of the year, you're safe with him in, in your side. <laughs> Next up on the list, we've got Zach Bailey, mid forward from Brizzy, 499.8k, so just literally under 500k, yeah. uh, with an average of 88.2 and a break even of 89. Now, you may ask why a player averaging 88.2 uh, with a break even of 89 is on the buy list this week. But it's his three and five round averages that look quite juicy 112.3, 101. Point eight, respectively. He's had some big games in recent weeks uh, with scores of 124, 80, 133, and 103. Now, he's not a musket, but he's a very intriguing option and a potential pod for those interested at just 3.6% ownership. What are your thoughts, Damon? Yeah, it hurts me talking about him because I don't know if you remember, there was a, probably about three... Four weeks ago, maybe. Yeah, we had a question from a from a sorry a question from a listener about Bailey himself, and ran through his scores, and I said, yeah, he's relatively consistent. He's punching out eighties, nineties, sixty nine. Early season form wasn't the best. He had a fifty one and a fifty three, and at that point, he was priced at four eighteen point six k, and had lost some coin. And I said, get rid of him, like because I think they were thinking about upgrading him or sidewaysing him. And I said, he's not going to average over 100. He's not going to be a keeper. But now, <laughs> in the past four weeks, he's absolutely killed it, <laughs> oh, which hurts me. And I'm so sorry to that person. But, I mean, that's that's just super coaches. We know sometimes people get um, favorable roles off the back of someone getting injured, like a Neil, yep. um, which is what we've seen. 
And I think he's playing less time up forward as well, which has kind of been the one knock on him um, where he has been marooned in the forward line as opposed to playing along the wing or in the middle. So, yeah, I mean, he's, he's kicking goals as well, which I think is helping him. Um, round 12, he kicked four goals. On the weekend, he kicked three goals against the Crows. Um, but it's also the possession count as well. 26 in the weekend, and he had 29 uh, round 14 against North, albeit it is North who concede quite a few points to midfielders. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I think that that role that he's got and the fact that Neil could return this weekend um, may count against him potentially. But it's I, I, it's fraught with danger for me talking about <laughs> talking about this man because um, he's proven me wrong. So uh, for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna reiterate and say uh, I'd be looking elsewhere. Especially now that yeah. he is a touch under 500k, um, there are other other options out there. I think um, Jakey Stringer, like a Jakey Stringer, um, <laughs> but a Pendles. I, I actually uh, I'm drawn to Pendles more because he does have that hi- history behind him, yeah, a favourable scoring, um, and Bailey with the uncertainty around his yeah his role in the midfield. Who knows if it's going to change and if it's going to affect his uh, his scoring going forward, but. Yeah, I mean, he's, a, he's an option. He's a, he's a pod, um, as you say, 3.6% ownership. Don't risk it. Yep. Risk it to get the biscuit sometimes. That's it. Uh, speaking of risking it, Liam, there's another guy uh, who rounds out our buy list, and it is Rowan Marshall as a ruck forward, priced at 437.2K, averaging 83.7 with a break-even of 88, and um, relatively cheap, you'd think, um, at 437 um, and he returned to some form on the weekend with a score of 100. But his injury risk is what really concerns me the most with Ron Marshall. And there's no doubting his importance to the Saints lineup and his scoring potential. But will he make it through the season after injuring his foot not once, but twice this year? And as we've seen uh, in seasons gone, Ruckman and foot injuries aren't the best combination. No. Because, yeah, it's kind of one of those things where it'll rear its head again and again and again. And I think when you discount his injury-affected scores and scores where he returned from injury, he's actually scored quite well with uh, 132, 86, 107, and 100. But like I said, he's a risk. But at that price and with his DPP status, is it a calculated one, Liam? I really like Marshall, Mm. um, but I also don't want him in my side. Um, I think he's someone that, like he was in my in my preseason calculations, mm-hmm. most certainly got injured. Would have been in my calculations in weeks gone by had it not been for the fact that he got re-injured. He's scoring in the recent, like in those games where he has obviously not been returning from injury or been injured itself, um, have been really strong. But it's just the concern over whether he will get injured again. Um, that, that that's mainly the issue for me. Yeah, the, the thing for me as well, and there is a bit of a correlation. Uh, just in terms of when he's playing in the ruck and when he's not. And the only time that he's really had ample opportunity in the ruck was in round six, where he had 83% in uh, all CBA attendance being the ruckman. Yep. Uh, obviously the majority. And that was round six against Port, where he scored 132. Uh, every mm-hmm. single game from then on, he hasn't had any, like I guess, the lion's share of ruck. He's had just spurring or spurts in the ruck. And play majority forward, yeah. Yeah, and on the weekend, he had 20, just 23% CBAs mm. and was played exclusively as a forward. I mean, 
yeah, still scored well. Uh, kicked a goal, had 15 hitouts, uh, but seven marks kind of underpinned that that decent score. Um, yeah. Previous games to that, uh, yeah, it's you know he's he's had three marks, um, hasn't kicked a goal. Um, I mean, it's kind of for me. I, I like someone of his position as a hybrid ruck forward. I'd love to see them playing in the ruck because, as, as we know, hitouts are an easy way to build a solid floor. And the fact that he's not getting ample opportunity in the ruck, yeah, you know, conceivably because of that foot injury, um, that, that does worry me a bit. So for me, I'll be looking elsewhere for that uh, for that reason. Definitely, I think I'm with you there as well. So let's move on to a couple of players that are on the bubble this week, and it's literally just a couple. Yeah. Uh, we got Jeremy Sharp, midfield eligible, 141.8K, averaging 77.5 with a break-even of minus 72. He's pretty much the only real option this week that's on the bubble. Uh, his scoring so far this season has been pretty solid with a 76 and a 77, coming against North Melbourne and the Tigers, respectively. He's not one I'll be getting in personally, um, but that's. But to be honest, there's yeah, just very slim pickings for Bubble Boys this week. So if you needed of a downgrade option, Sharp is really not a bad pick. It's purely just a case of I don't need to bring in a, a downgrade option. That's why I'm not considering him. I do think he'll hold his spot with the form he's in, and he looks to be playing actually a pretty good role um, for Supercoach scoring as a rookie. Yeah, he's uh, he's coming to the side, and I remember when he was drafted, he had a, a fair few big raps about him. Mm. Yeah, I guess for me, given the fact that we don't really have uh, you know ample, as you said, ample uh, rookies on offer, it's it's probably a case of settling for the 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 best of the limited options, I guess. But yeah, yeah like he's he's got a, a pretty good break even negative 72 he's going to make you some cash even though he is a, a higher priced rookie at 141.8k uh i'd go for him uh for sure yep. but i think just sort of looking beyond this week as well there aren't really going to be any rookies on the horizon so probably keep that in mind as well um he's going to keep his spot i i, I think anyway in my opinion for the rest of the season uh just considering as well how he's performed so if you are in need of a rookie or you think you're going to have to make a downgrade to a rookie in coming weeks i'd probably do it this week in the form of sharp yep definitely i agree with that entirely uh, moving on to the other, really only option, uh, who is on the bubble, and it is Leo Connolly as a defender midfielder priced at 123.9k, averaging 29 with a break-even of 15. And uh, yeah, he's not one I'd advise to bring in. Just, you know, obviously played his first game as a sub, uh, managed a 23 against Richmond. Um, About 30% time on ground. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, he actually did, did score well um, with the time on ground that he had. But on the weekend, he had uh, ample opportunity with 79% time on ground on the weekend uh, for a return of just 35. So, yeah, there's there's no real insight there, which is what we all thought, that maybe he's one of these dynamos that just can rack up the pill at, uh, at will. But unfortunately not, as we saw on the weekend. So I think if you're going to choose, go for Sharp over Connolly. Oh, definitely. Um, and then also with the job security as well. I don't even know if he's got any. I don't really know anything about Connolly no, as opposed neither. to Sharp. So I can't comment on the wraps around him either, as opposed to Sharp. I know that he's highly rated at the Suns. Um, so, yeah, don't get him, I think, for me. Yeah, same as for myself. Now let's open up the cash register and uh, find those players that we need to uh, move on and sell. First up on the list, we've got Callum Coleman-Jones, rack forward 276.4K, 
averaging 70.2 and a break-even of 90. Obviously, was injured and subbed off on the weekend with a score of just five. He was touted as a potential player to keep as an F6, F7, but alas, those plans look to be dashed. With Lynch now back in the Tigers' side, his spot becomes a little bit more expendable. The only saving grace is the Tigers' lack ruck options outside of Chol with uh, the Nankova's injury, but I think he potentially is back in soon. Uh, cash him in now and just upgrade where you can. That's what I'll probably be doing. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, I think it's pretty much a, a no-brainer. I think he's he's probably one of the higher yeah. Uh, priced rookies that have um, reached their peak, and yeah, he's uh, he's one to move on now before he loses uh, loses cash, which is unfortunate because yeah, it looks as though he was going to make a bit more cash on the weekend uh, if it wasn't for that uh, that injury. But oh well, what can you do? Moving on to Tom Highmore at two ninety seven point six k, averaging sixty one with a break even of thirty four. There's probably merit to hold him or sell him yeah. either way. He should be relatively good cover for the rest of the season. It really seems like he's finally, finally set to his spot in the Saints lineup. But uh, if you're needing some quick cash, he's made you over 180k and uh, you can move him along. Yeah, definitely. I think if it's a case of you're fielding him, fielding him over a uh, over a primo, move him on. If he's sitting on your, on your bench, um, unless you need to use the cash specifically, um, keep him. He's good cover. Uh, moving on. Caleb Poulter, mid-forward, 301.8k, averaging 64.5 with a break-even of 92. He dropped in price after recording his lowest score for the season this week with a 34. Now that's seen his break-even rocket up to 92. That's higher than his, even his best score this season. I'd be moving him on now potentially to Jeremy Sharp to help an upgrade somewhere else on your side uh, or just obviously a direct upgrade if you if you have the cash laying around. Hey, do you hear that? Sounds like galloping horses. Oh, no. It's William Wallace. (gasps) Thank you, William. In the hold category, we've got first up James Madden from the Brisbane Lions, a defender forward, priced at 243.5K, averaging 60.8 and a break-even of 32. And uh, obviously, he suffered a finger injury that saw him have surgery last week. But remarkably, Liam, the Lions have officially said that uh, he could actually come into calculations this week (laughs) if he can train without too much discomfort. That's amazing. That is crazy. That's amazing. Uh, Modern medicine. You'd think, though, that he's going to have some sort of guard on his finger. Mm, Surely. Yeah, but that's that's crazy. But um, you've got to factor in the other obstacle, apart from coming back from an injury, is uh, the fact that the man he is wrestling with for a spot in Brisbane's defensive half is Leicester, who's coming back from injury also. And potentially as soon as this weekend. So, I mean, if Leicester is chosen, Madden isn't chosen, I think uh, Madden may struggle to find his yeah. spot back in the team. Unless, again, Leicester gets injured, injures his hammy for the third time. Uh, not without question. Could happen. Could happen. Um, but, yeah, I think for for his prospects going yeah. forward, you'd want to see Madden, if he can uh, get through training this week, be named in the team because it, it will help his prospects going forward um, but wait and see with that but I think it's probably worth holding him in your side based on the fact that uh, yeah I guess that injury that he sustained was initially looking like it was going to be long term not yeah. so much now but uh, you've got to factor in he's got a handy DPP status as a defender forward 
So if you have someone like a K Briggs, like I do yep. in my defense, and I've got Madden up forward, it does help you out where like if Briggs plays this weekend and Madden doesn't, at least you can swing Briggs forward or into defense wherever you need coverage and you can use that to your advantage. Likewise, uh, there is a way to obviously do a three-way DPP swap uh, whereby you trade out one one of the players, move all your DPP status players around and then trade that player back into your side. It doesn't eat up any trades um, at all, but you just need to have, yeah, I guess the, the, the trades available to you. That's um, another option uh, with, with someone like a, a Madden if you have, have those three sort of DPP status players across the field. Mm, that's a good point, actually. Very, very good point. That's that's very much similar to the um, the trade back in loophole, isn't it? Where yeah. like you make yeah. trades directly and yeah, essentially well, works the same way. Yeah, yeah. What we saw with Reeves. So that's super, super handy. Uh, good, good tip for anyone out there that doesn't know of it. Um, but that being said, if you do need to free up some cash, he has made one hundred nineteen point six k, and that's pretty handy at this time of the year, as we know. So if you need to cash in someone and you don't have any other max out rookies, um, yeah, look no further than Madden. But personally, I'll be holding them. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the best move at this stage. Now, moving on to the weight options. These are guys that uh, you can wait a couple of weeks on uh, before bringing into your side because they're probably going to drop in cash some more. First up, we got Tom Stewart, obviously from the Cats, 533.2K defender, averaging 105.3 with a break-even of 148. He's got a quite a high break-even, um, and so you can definitely afford to wait another week on Tom Stewart and get him that little bit cheaper. According to Supercoach Gold, you can expect the Cats defender to be just 521K after his meeting with the Blues this weekend, assuming that he scores around 120 off memory. He scored well against uh, my mob on the weekend, uh, back up into the hundreds, so I don't think there's too big concern with his scoring that we saw in the uh, Brizzy game where he was played as a lockdown defender against uh, Charlie Cameron. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we were, we were looking at him early on, uh, went for mm. Whitfield instead, but yeah, I, I think yeah, he's not going to be played on someone like a Charlie Cameron in that role again, surely. Surely Come after on. this. Come on, Chris Scott. Come on, coach, he shall not be named. <laughs> uh, let's move on to uh, Clayton Oliver. Uh, we both love him. And uh, he was a bargain of the season back back in the day. <laughs> bargain of the season. But, Liam, he could yet be, again, oh, the second coming bargain of the season. <laughs> He's priced at 599.2k, averaging 120 with a break-even of 159. So if you still haven't got Clary you probably should still be able to get him for a cheaper price after his next game. Yeah. Uh, if he scores 105, he should drop down another 24K according to Supercoach Gold. And yeah, he's been a little bit of a roller coaster in pricing this season, peaking at, amazingly, 703.8K in round 12, which is obviously when we he wasn't a bargain. It would have been prior <laughs> to that, uh, which was at round five uh, when he was at his cheapest at 591.6K, which is when I got him in and... Oh, been amazing ever since amazing ever <laughs> since up until uh recent weeks unfortunately yeah. but um he could be cheaper than even that this week uh than that 591.6k so dare i say it liam again bargain of the season oh my god we're gonna, we're gonna stop saying that <laughs> he actually could be if he can pump out those big scores again he's averaging 120 he's gonna be around 590k that's pretty pretty good if you haven't got him already now, moving on to the next next bloke on the list, it's uh, Zach Butters from Port Adelaide, forward, eligible, 501.2K, 
averaging 103 with a break-even of 143. He did make his return from injury through the sample on the weekend with a score of 133 supercoach points uh, in, in the twos. He scored, I think, two goals and had 20-something possessions, so pretty decent return uh, for him in his, his in his return game from injury. I'd obviously wait on him in, um, if you're interested in him uh, for your final forward spot and get him in potentially a tad cheaper uh, under that 500k mark in the next week or so. Uh, he's one that I think is really interesting um, as a spot uh, in your forward line. Uh, I'd potentially considering waiting on him um, for next week. Yeah, for me, it's either between, I think, him or someone like Shea Bolton, who we'll talk about here, Liam, as a forward midfielder, yep. priced at 460.1K, averaging at 90 with a break-even of 167. So he has certainly dropped... Um, in terms of his performance-wise, Supercoach scoring-wise, uh, yeah. and his break-even has uh, gone in the opposite direction. So with his break-even of 167, in with his current scoring, a three-round average of 66.3 means he's going to drop a lot of cash. A lot, a lot of cash. So according to Supercoach Gold, he should be around about 4.14.3K in round 18 with projected mm. scores of 90 and 74. Uh Hopefully he gets back into some into some form and doesn't, you know, I guess, smash out a score of 74. I think he's better than that. Um, yeah. I think Supercoach Gold should probably give him a little bit more credit than what they're giving him. Um, and, yeah, I think, well, Prestia was out of the side, wasn't he? Yeah. Mm, and he still didn't score well. So, interesting. It's an interesting one. I think Richmond, as a whole, on the weekend, like... As a whole, it's probably a double entendre there because they were performing like a like a, a club that's in a hole. Um, because yeah, every every single player bar maybe mm. Tom Lynch had an absolute stinker. Uh, so I don't know. Do you write off on the weekend? Do you do you write off completely? Um, because he seems to me like he's still a bargain. But I mean, yeah. Do you get go for him now, hoping that he goes back to his normal scoring? Yep. And forego the chance that he may drop again another you know 20 30 40k we do have some more questions on him mm. later in the show so uh, i'll save my answers to that later oh intrigue like bit of a suspense hook. keep you yeah. in suspense guys but uh what are, what are you doing uh, Liam? Uh, have you got any ideas as to what you're gonna what moves you're gonna make this week no <laughs> i i really don't know what i'm thinking of doing this week i've got a few different ideas um i'll definitely be moving on ccj for my final upgrade um, and obviously into a completely primo side. But who makes their way in is a very, very good question. If anyone has the answer, just let me know. <laughs> I'm open to suggestions. Uh, in my considerations this week, we do have Stringer, uh, Zach Bailey, and Shy Bolton. Uh, we also have Zach Butters potentially next week. I don't know. I just think that's an issue that future Liam's going to have to figure out. <laughs> and then and then future Liam will either be cursing or... Celebrating, yeah. I'm. I think I've I've played around with my team, and I've brought in quite a few different players. Um, based off that, I mean, oh, I just don't know. I just really don't know. Unfortunately, yeah. I think um, I just want to play around with my team a bit more. It's just no one standing out as a, as a, uh, as a, as, a, as an option. And shock horror, I'm going to say it again, but the forward line has been the hardest line this year, mm. and oh, I just yeah. really don't think I know who's going to slot into that 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 last spot in my forward line. And it's it's almost the most important trade, isn't it? Because it, it, it really is the cream on top or it's the, yeah. the bow that you're putting on the side because 
yeah, like the last few trades after this final one, you want to keep for injuries, not for, you know, fixing potentially yeah. this trade or other trade-ins you've, you've made that have been stuff-ups. So, yeah, it comes with a, a fair bit of um, expectation, I think. Mm. And, yeah, I, I totally agree. I'm, I'm super unsure as to what moves are going to make. Uh, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, hopefully one of Madden or Briggs plays so I can loot one for the F6 spot yep. before considering if their score isn't strong enough and whether I need to use a trade to upgrade CCJ um, as that final F6 spot. But um, I think, yeah, Shea Bolton presents as the most likely and sensible option for the budget I have to work with. But is it worth waiting a week for him to drop more? Um, but yeah, hopefully Madden and, and, and or Briggs help decide that for me before I have to make that decision. And one, one, sorry, one thing I just thought of with Zach Butters, actually. Um, he plays on... F- Thursday night so we'll get a good sense of whether ah. obviously is named with how he plays on the weekend as well yep. so if he doesn't play well um, potentially you might want to look at, at a Bolton um, but you also may get a better idea of, of where you want to go um, this week so that is potentially a silver lining uh, with Zach Butters as well very very good point let's move on to uh, the next segment which is Liam I'm the captain now look at me I'm the captain now you know who's the captain now? Darcy Parrish. Ah, <laughs> isn't he the god now? Yeah, sorry, the god. Yeah, that's true. Yes. In uh, I'm the captain now, every week we'll be bringing you our top choices for the VC and the C. We'll be discussing some of the key options and some that may even be a little bit left field. And uh, first up, mm. we have Oliver versus Port Adelaide on uh, Thursday. First game up at 7.40pm at Adelaide Oval. And he's averaging his last four against Port. Isn't too crash hot, which doesn't no. fill me with too much confidence. <laughs> Um, given his current run of form. Uh, so he's, he's had a, an average of 100 with scores of 105, 71, 108 and 116 and uh, has his fourth worst average actually against the power. So, um, mm. Mm. I mean, we've mentioned him there just obviously for, for I guess, for his name. Uh, yeah, knowing what, Yeah, yeah. And knowing what he can score at the, the top of his game when he's at, at full flight. So who knows? This may be the, the week that he actually comes back into form. Definitely. Um, now, moving on to the next bloke on the list, we've got uh, Gorn against Port uh, playing on the Thursday night as well, obviously, averaging in his last four 105.5, which is made up of scores of 87, 87, 140, and 108. Again, doesn't really lead you with, leave you with much confidence there, does it? No. And again, can we trust him? He does obviously play on that Thursday night, so he will be, I guess, a solid VC option because he he plays so early um, and you don't have to risk the captaincy on him. Mm. But still, I just don't know. And just an interesting stat um, from round 16th, courtesy of Fantasy Freako on Twitter. Um, Max Gorn had 36 attendances, um, which was a season low. Luke Jackson wow. had a season, equal season high of 35. And I think that's really the tale of Gorn's season this year um, and why he isn't at those illustrious heights that we used to. Yeah, I, I, I did see the game on the weekend and I noticed Gorn was very much so after when he was rocking, he would switch directly into defence mm. um, to try and stem the flow, I think, from the balls being pelted down into uh, Melbourne's defence. And he did to great effect, I must say, which doesn't, uh, doesn't help his prospects going forward <laughs> because when he wasn't in the ruck either, he was more that roaming player on either the half forward line um, or being yeah obviously in that, that defensive um, yeah. arc so yeah not not too good um, and based on that stat alone I think I'll, I'll overlook him this week 
Um, yeah, likely. Luke Jackson. He's a good player, but come on, mate. Come on, champ. <laughs> You're ruining Gorney. Come uh, on, somebody think of the Supercoach players. And somebody think of Miss Gorney. Miss Gorney. Okay, moving on to... Um, <laughs> Who is that? Darcy Parrish. Oh. The guard against Adelaide. He faces Adelaide uh, on Friday at 7.40pm at Marvel. Averaging in his last four... Only 76, Liam. Why would you go for him with the scores of 96? Yeah, don't go for him. Don't do it. 77, 77 and 54. But he's in such a serious run of form that if you have him, he's worth chucking the VC on. Isn't it, Damon? Yep. Yep, he is. No, he is, seriously. Like, if I had him, I'd very much be doing just that. Uh, you can't really fault his form. He, he, he reminds me, he's obviously, he plays a different style of game, but he reminds me so much so of Tom Mitchell just with his knack of being able to find the ball mm. he's in the right positions um, and he can read the ball so so well uh, out of a pack so he's got a three round average of unbelievingly 142 and a five round average of 145.6 it was like a video game like game yeah. that he had he had like 43 disposals a goal 13 clearances <laughs> 28 contested possessions it was the most by a Don wasn't it in recent memory. Yeah, 28 contested possessions and fourth highest ever. Oh, shit. Of any, anyone, um, which was, I think it was equal fourth highest, um, that being said. But yeah, ma- absolutely massive game from him. And it was really interesting because I don't think Sam Draper won a hit out in the first half. Yeah. So he was just absolutely sharking them, uh, which was uh, nice to see. Moving on, we've got his teammate, Zaki Merritt, whose average in the last four is a 98, uh, with scores of 135, 120, 17, and 120. That 17 was injury-affected, if I remember correctly. He was concussed and didn't come back on in 2018. But if we do take that out and look at his average in all other games against Adelaide, he does have a pretty strong average of 116.75 against the Crows. Mm. The key concern for mine is whether he cops the tag from Keys. I don't see him going to Parish. I see him going to Merritt, to be perfectly honest. I am hoping, the Supercoach gods, that he goes to Parish for once. Just for once. Mm, potentially. I I just don't know. We haven't seen Parish tagged. Everyone team tends to go to Merritt. Mm. I do wonder whether they just keep that trend up. Uh, if Matthew Nix, if you're listening to this, mate, and, and for sure you are, can you please tag Parrish? Uh, and I can almost guarantee, if you give him a little bit of pressure, he'll wilt. He'll wilt like, like nah, a flower, nah, like the colourful nah, flower nah. that he is. Oh. <laughs> hey, he's colourful. I am going to leave in a second. <laughs> Uh, Don't you disrespect my boy. <laughs> All right, I'll leave it there. I'll, I'll move on to uh, the next candidate, and it is Laird against uh, your mob again, the other side of the fence, averaging in his last four, 104.75, with scores of 97, <laughs> 73, 137, and 112. And he's uh, he's been scoring very, very well this year. Mm. Uh, he's permanent move into the midfield. Been spoken about um, quite a bit, and uh, he's doing it with a lot of consistency. And, yeah, I, th- I think... He comes across as a a sizable VC option if you don't have any of the, you know, the likes of a Parish, uh, a Merritt. I'll probably have him on par with Merritt, I reckon, um, just with the the ceiling that he's got. So yeah, for me, he, he comes into calculations for myself because I was considering him on the weekend and he ended up busting out a one twenty nine. Mm. So yeah, consider him. That's for sure. 
Definitely. I quite like Laird as the VC option. Now, moving on, we've got Tom Mitchell against Fremantle on Saturday Arvo at Utah's Stadium. His average in the last four against the Dockers is 121.25, which is made up of scores of 107, 102, 150, and 126. He does love playing the Dockers uh, by the looks of those scores, and he's, he's probably not a bad option um, as a VC uh, if, you, if, if you can. He's one guy that, uh, yeah, talking about Parrish, can find the pill at will. Yeah, against Frio, struggling side at the moment, and uh, favourable location as well in Tassie. So uh, get yep. on him, I think, as a candidate. Uh, next up, we have Liam. Yes. My boy. Your boy. Walshy against the Catters uh, at the G on Saturday, Arvo, uh, averaging in his last two, he's only played two against the Cats, 74 with scores of 75 and 73. Probably shouldn't read too much into that um, early part of his career, just finding his feet. And uh, yeah, I mean, he scored 130 on the weekend. Uh, absolutely killed it. And if you haven't seen it already, check out that goal, Liam. <laughs> it was a very, very good goal. The sealer. My God. It, it, it rivaled you know, Eddie Betts' goal. I think he got goal of the year for when he was playing for the Crows. Mm. And the ball was like in the pocket, was like on the boundary line. And, like, he kept it in play, ran around the opponent, picked up the ball and, like, snapped, like, a check side. Yeah. Very similar. Beautiful. Very, very similar. So he's been uh, reading, uh, you know, How to Kick a Ripping Goal uh, guidebook, uh, which was written <laughs> by Eddie Betts. But, yeah, in his recent scoring, he scored in his past two, 131 and 138. So he's back to really good form. Uh, and, yeah, like we said earlier, he's a bargain. Get on him if you haven't got him. And uh, put the VC on him, I reckon. Oh, Oh, interesting. Don't... No, I reckon I reckon he's... I was being a little bit silly there, but I reckon he does present himself as a chance, but I don't think he's in, say, the top three options for myself. No, not for me either. I think he probably cracks the ton, but maybe not into the uh, yeah. captaincy option level. Also in that game, we've got Dangerfield, obviously had a bit of a return to form and does does love playing against the uh, against the Blues yep. uh, with scores of 75, 156, 133 and 108 mm. making up an average in his last four of 118. Mm. <laughs> I know how you feel. I really do. I, I feel like I'm having f- like flashbacks to like Nam. This is like flashbacks to like Dangerfield, <laughs> like the war zone of Dangerfield. Carving, carving the Blues up? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, he's bound to do it again. Uh, he's one of those players that uh, just has a wood over us. So he's actually in my, one of my top three chances uh, for mm. the VC. I like him. He's really good, as we saw on the weekend. And like I've been saying, can score at will. Bont-like in his scoring. Uh, back to full fitness. Getting ample mid-time. Get on him, I think. Definitely. The next option is Jared Lyons coming up against St. Kilda. In his past four against the Saints, he's averaging 90.25 with scores of 57, 112, 102 and 90. And he has his fourth worst average against any side across his career against the Saints, averaging just 80.3 from eight games. So sizable sample size there um, Mm. to suggest that uh, he may be due for a downer. I mean, even looking at those past four scores, uh, even those high ones, 112 and 102, they're not enough to claim as captaincy scores if you were putting the VC on him. So uh, for me, he's probably on the cusp of a top three, um, but... I wouldn't lock him in. I feel like he's in that Walsh category where I think yep. I can see him going above 100, but probably not into that 125 mark. Yeah. Um, so he's probably a miss for me. Uh, Zorko is the next option. Um, he's averaging f- 
uh, in his last four, 87.25, quite low, mm. uh, with scores of 91, 117, 32, and 109. He averages the wor- his worst average against the Saints across any side in his in his career, um, averaging just 91.7 from nine games. So again, one that uh, I probably, I mean, I don't have him beside my side, so I'm not considering him, um, but... If I did have you on my side, potentially, if you could get a VC, maybe. Um, but I'd probably look at someone else, potentially. Yep, totally agree there. Uh, moving on to uh, Jack Steele in that uh, that same game. Averaging in his last four against the Lions, 99.75, with scores of 167, 74, 88, and 70. And uh, that 70 is from his days at the Giants. Uh yeah, obviously that average inflated by that 167. Um, but as we've seen in recent times, the fact that uh, he can really build a sizable floor just off the mm. back alone on his uh, his love of tackling. He just loves hugging other people, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He's just a hugger. He's just a, just a lovable hugger. Uh, <laughs> he's past five. Uh, he has scored 154, 140, 126, 132, and 154. Yeah, big scores. Yeah, very big scores. And across that journey... These are the tackles that he's had. 12 tackles, 9 tackles, 12 tackles, 9 tackles, and 14. So he is in the best tackling form of his career, I reckon. Because prior to that, he was getting tackles of 6, 4, 9, 7. Like, he's into double digits now. This this guy is is not fucking around. (laughs) He is well and truly... I don't know if he's gunning for the Brownlow or what he's doing, but he's in some ripping form at the moment. So... Uh, despite those averages in recent times against the Lions, um, he's he's actually in calculations for me. Definitely, I think I think he's he's a really good option this week. Um, moving on, we've got Josh Kelly against the Suns on Sunday, one ten at Mars Stadium in Ballarat. Actually, uh, his average in the last four is against the Suns. He's one hundred twenty eight point five with scores of one hundred six, one thirty eight, one twenty four, and one forty six. I think if you've got him, he's a he's a pretty decent option. I think he'll uh, love... He loves, obviously, playing against the Suns, and I, I think he should continue that run of form. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, going by that, that last four average alone, you, uh, I think he should be number one priority for those people who own him. Mm. Moving on to Tuk Tuk Miller in that same game, averaging in his last four, 81.75 with scores of 80, 86, 81, and 80. Jeez, he's keeping it um, consistent, isn't he? Loves, mm. lo- loves an 80. He's got a rich run of form in recent weeks, as we know. But uh, if DeBoer misses again, then, yeah, I think he should definitely be looking at this as a potential option. Um, and given he's playing on the Sunday, you'd probably mm-hmm. have to say it's a captaincy option. I guess you could still VC Miller uh, because the Suns game should be done by the time that yep. Collingwood's game just be about finishing, yeah. starts. Uh, so, yeah, obviously Grundy in that case being... Or even... Oh, you might be cutting it too fine, I think, with Bont, because Bont plays on the Sunday at 3.20, uh, two hours and 10 minutes after Miller's game commences. So, um, yeah, I think going by, again, in that basket of someone that hasn't scored too well in the past against the team he's facing, but is in ripping form. So you've got to fact that in probably more so. Yeah, definitely. And moving on, we've got McRae against Sydney. Uh, on Sunday, 3.20 at Marvel Stadium. He's averaging the last four against the Swannies, 106.25, which is made up of scores of 92, 132, 103, and 98. 
not the not the best scores from from McRae, so I don't know. Probably a bit of a risk there. So that average is inflated with that one thirty two. But again, McRae is in such a great run of form that <laughs> it's just hard. It's hard to look at these historical averages, mm. but especially looking, I guess, at last week as we said with Bond and Pally and Dangerfield, um, their current form didn't necessarily match up with the form against that side. Yeah. So you do have to weigh them both up and and I guess consider that but as we always say past performance is not a future is not an indication of future performance compare the pair <laughs> uh, but just with McRae facing Sydney just mm. a reminder as well uh, Hewitt for the Swans he traditionally tags McRae and he did that last season in round four uh, keeping him to that that score of 92 so uh, and he was lucky as well because he junked it up quite late in that game, McRae, um, to finish with 22 disposals, two marks and one goal. And, yeah, I think, yeah, if Hewitt's in the team, if he's named, I would be really, really worried and probably look elsewhere just off the back of that alone, which is funny to say because the guy that we're going to be talking about next should be tagged week in, <laughs> week out, or at least shown some attention. He's another guy that I reckon if you pay him some physical attention. He's a, he's a beautiful flower that's going to wilt. He's a classy player that is Bontempelli. And he's really hard to match up on, obviously, given his stature, given his agility, yep. his endurance. He's got so many strings to his bow. But apply some physical pressure. And I saw that on the weekend. On the weekend when he was paid a little bit of attention and close checking by Cunnington. He's one of my uh, favourite players for North Melbourne because he is a tough, hard at it midfielder. And he played some close checking late in the game mm. on Bont and actually t- drove him into the ground and was caught holding the ball, which is unheard of with Bont. Usually he can get you know, traffic, whatever. But again, who knows what's going to happen. But it has to happen, Liam. One time, an opposition <laughs> coach has to tag him. Is this the week? Potentially. So, yeah, I guess, again, you have to worry about that potential tag. Is this the week where Hewitt or someone else tags Bont uh, yep. and his last four against the Swans however indicates that he hasn't been tagged because his average is 142.25 with scores of 166 158 105 and 140 Liam yep yep that's wow. that's a pretty pretty good score there score line again here. I say why don't you tag him obviously he has an impact on the game <laughs> against Clearly. Sydney so horse get on your horse mate and make the move that's why we also need to be in the coach's box. Yep. We like need to be moving those box, Not just the super coach box. No, exactly. The actual box. Give us give us the magnet board. We'll we'll switch around the magnets. We'll make the yep. big calls. And that'll yep. be one of the big calls. But, Definitely. Um, I doubt it's going to be made on the weekend, unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think so either. George Hewitt did play on the weekend. Interestingly, uh, he did score 97, uh, which is a nice little score from him. Uh, so that obviously would be a fear for McRae and Bontempelli owners, potentially. Uh, moving on to the last option I really think uh, you should be considering. It's Grundy against Richmond, um, playing at 4.10 at the MCG on the Sunday. Averaging in his last four against the Tigers, 121, which has made up a scores of 115, 137, 117, and 115. Only one of those scores really captaincy material, but I just think that uh, if, you, if you really need a late option, he's, he's, he's probably the best goer to go for. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, Damon, who are who are you going with this week? Yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a tough one. I'm tossing up between Danger and Steel for the mm. VC, 
Uh, obviously, danger for his ability to score as high as he as he did on the weekend. Yeah. Uh, still also for that, but also the fact that, as we've said, he has a really high floor as well. So it's a bit of a safety net, I think, in terms of that. So I'm probably looking to go. It reminds me a lot of um, in tennis, like the first serve. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. you can go for broke in your first serve. If you hit a fault, yeah. who cares? Play with a bit, bit more, um, I guess, calculated risk with the, uh, with yeah, the second serve. Exactly. With the C. So that's the VC. The VC is the first serve. So I'm probably going to go for the, the more of a risk on danger. And then if that if that uh, fails, if he fails to fire, I uh, just can't go past Grundy against a non-existent ruck setup at Richmond. I think he'll absolutely obliterate them, I think. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so looking at my own options, I, I think it's it's probably pretty obvious who I'll be VCing, and that yeah. is my man Darcy Parrish. And you know what? I'll even be chucking the C on Jacob Edwards for his rolling donut this week. That's how that's how sure I am that Darcy Parrish will go big. Uh, but if all things don't go to plan and Dan Parrish uh, doesn't score that 125, um, I, I can't go past. Probably Grundy as well, I think, is, is the key option for me this week as the captain. I, I thought you were going to say uh, you're just going to chuck the C on Darcy Parrish outright. I could, but you, you know should. You that's should, not man. how you play the game. That's not how you play you the game. You should, but you're so confident. You should do it. I'm so confident. I am confident. Of course I am. Come on, give me like a little bit of a equivalent of like a handicap in our head-to-head. It's, it's becoming that way. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm bringing stringers to that, that. That's close well, enough. That is, that is the biggest <laughs> handicap. I reckon he's going to go big, but let's see. Let's yeah. see. Okay. He'll go big if I bring him in. If I don't bring him in, and he'll, he'll go, won't go so big if I, if I don't, let's be honest. Um, It'll be the opposite. Yeah. Can you bring him in? Just knowing my fortunes and my luck, that he's going to kill it if you bring him in. So bring him in. Okay, I will. Reverse Just psychology. For you. Uh, <laughs> or don't bring him in. Sorry, I said that incorrectly. I'm, I'm so confused. Yeah, so am I. <laughs> Let's move along to the next segment, where uh, we deal with questions from uh, other confused super coaches out there, and it is Liam the segment, otherwise known as I got to know. Hey, I got to know. First question sent in was by Braden Vaz at Vaz Braden. Uh, best player under 500k can use uh, a DPP to fill any spot in my team. Who do you go for? Yes, I like this question. Mm. I really like this question. Very open ended. And I'm, yeah, I'm very happy to see uh, you've set up your team with enough DPP swings uh, to be able to bring in any position you like. And uh, what we'll do to answer this question is just quickly look at our top picks across the defense, mid and forward line at at, uh, that price point. I've left out the rucks as, to be perfectly honest, it's gone Grundy, Nick Nat or Darcy only. And even then, I think it's gone versus Grundy um, in that R1, R2 spot. Uh, Moving on to the defense quickly, Jordan Ridley, as I've mentioned, is probably my top pick in the defensive line under 500k. He is a massive value considering it looks like he's returned to his post by role. His massive value, considering it looks like he has returned to that role, that very super coach uh, friendly role post by, he's averaging 110.3 in his last three games and he's back taking kick-ins, thank God, and Ooh. intercepting again. The fact, sorry, thank Parrish, <laughs> uh, the fact that you can get him for 492.2k, it's just an absolute steal. Absolute steal. Some other notables in this part of the field are Christian Salem from the D's. A bit of a bit of a smoky option there. Um, his scoring in the recent last couple of weeks has been pretty good. Um, before that, not not as great. Um, and then Shannon Hearn from West Coast. 
uh, both coming in at just below 500k and averaging 105 and 110 in their last three games. Yeah, just on Hearn as well, uh, his kick-ins for the weekend wasn't like the previous week where he had 14, <laughs> uh, but he still had the majority. Uh, yeah. he, he had five in the weekend compared to Witherden, who I was kind of worried when I heard him coming into the team. And I don't even own Hearn, but I was worried for those owners out there because I thought Witherden, as we know, even his days at Brisbane, he was designated mm. kick and taker. And I thought, geez, this might actually eat into Hearn's uh, distributing role uh, with the kick-ins. But no, didn't. So um, that's even another reason, I think, to bring him in. Definitely. Uh, in terms of the midfield, uh, this is probably a, a bit of an awkward price for a midfielder if you're looking for someone around this price range. And I'll probably avoid bringing in a mid that's sub 500k at this stage. Teller Adams coming in at 483k is probably you know my pick for the mids. Uh, he scored 114 in his return game for Collingwood and has a three-round average of 104.7. Uh, he's only in 0.8% of teams, believe it or yep. not, so would come in as a bit of a pod too. I think he's a value pick considering his output in seasons gone by also. And he's coming in at over a 100k discount from the start of the year as well. So tick, tick, tick. It's uh, it's looking up there. But uh, the other notables in the midfield are Luke Dunstan at 481.3k, who has a three-round average of 110.8 and five-round average of 108.4 and an ownership of just 0.7%. So again, another one who's a complete pod. Um, and actually, as we saw, I think he scored very well at the start of the year. Um, yeah. And then he just didn't get his spot back. And now, ever since he's been back in the team, killing it. Absolutely killing it. Yeah. Another, another one of those guys who's like a bit of a ball magnet. But uh, another notable aside from him as an option is Zach Bailey, who we spoke of previously, who will uh, leave you just $200 change from your 500 k So pushing it, pushing it, that's that's for sure. He's got a three-round average of 112.3 and a five-round average of 101.8. So I I think if push comes to shove, I would I would go for Taylor Adams. Yeah. Uh, given job security, and we've seen in the past, he's you know historically his scoring has shown that he is uh, a primo uh, at the top of his game. So uh, he's a fallen primo for his price. So I'd jump on him. Definitely. I think, yeah, Taylor Adams is my pick of the bunch there. I still would probably lean towards looking at a defender or a forward as opposed to a midfielder, but mm. I think Taylor Adams still presents as pretty good value there. Uh, moving on to the forward line, this offers quite a lot of options in the sub 500k mark, unsurprisingly. Uh, it also offers the most risk compared to the defensive line <laughs> with big fluctuations in these guys scoring. In the sub 500k mark, we've got Dusty, Bailey Dale, Toby Green, Tomahawk, Shea Bolton, Zach Bailey, Stringer, Rowan Marshall, uh, I think that's it off the top of my head. All these guys have their pros and cons and it's really dependent on what you're looking for and who you've got in your side. I find it hard to distinguish between these guys, to be honest. They all have their concerns. I mean, Dusty's just not really doing Dusty things. Yeah. Bailey Dale has high floor, um, but not a very high ceiling, quite a low ceiling considering. Toby Green is Toby Green. Tomahawk is a key forward, so he's going to have those big fluctuations. Shea Bolton is really not showing much in recent weeks. Zach Bailey doesn't have any any real form of uh, primo status um, going going forward. Stringer is 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 just Stringer. I'm just going to leave it there. And Rowan Marshall obviously has that injury concern around him. So I don't know. I, I don't mind Zach Bailey, but... Um, 
but it's really role dependent as well. All right, for a high risk, high reward option, I guess you can't go past Stringer. Yes. His role is very nice and he's been on a great run of scoring, obviously with that 124.73 round average and that 102.4 five round average. I don't, I don't mind Stringer. I don't know. I keep talking myself out of him, but I keep talking myself back into him too. Not, not a fan, but I don't know. I, I don't mind the pick. I think it's high risk, high reward. But obviously that also means that there's a big chance that it's, it's not going to work out. Yeah. I think out of all those options that we spoke about, I think if I was going to narrow it down to two across two different positions, I'd go for Shannon Hearn. Oh. Or Taylor Adams. But I'd probably... Oh, I really like Hearn. I really like Hearn. But it worries me with his body, injury history. Yeah. Um, and you don't want him to break down heading into Supercoach finals. Definitely. But I so guess you... the same could be said for Adams because he's had a couple of injuries so mm. far. You wouldn't go Ridley? Oh, wait. What am I thinking? I've oh, overlooked Ridley. Sorry. Cross both of those guys out. Hearn, you're in second spot. Adams, you're in third. Ridley. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, Ridley. I think, yeah, I think top top option would be Ridley for me. Yep. I do like Shannon Hearn as well, but as you said, injury history is an issue. Taylor Adams, same sort of vibe there. Um, and then the forwards, you know what? I've got no clue. No. Yeah. They're, all, they're, all, they're all considering, they're all vying for a spot in my side. So <laughs> as I said earlier, I don't know which one. Yeah. So that's, that's where I'm at with those. Um, yeah, hopefully that helps. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I don't know if it's narrowed it down, but uh, that's that. Uh, let's move on to our next question. Again, asking for our opinion on uh, three players. And it's a question asked by Darcy Davies at Darcy Davies 182 And uh, he asks, Dale, Marshall, or Bolton for F6? Liam, yeah. can you narrow this it down? Is, let's be honest, this is quite hard, to be honest. Uh, Dale, and it's because all players have their pros, but they all have their cons, and I feel like they kind of even each other out a little bit. Um, Dale has a reasonably high floor. Um, of that mid 80s to 90s but he also doesn't have that particularly high ceiling he does have a high score of 152 with that being said but of his 15 games he's only gone over 100 uh, five times so that's a third of his games he's he's going over 100 most of them are in that 80 to 90 mark some of them obviously also sub 80 um, as well Marshall offers good value and very handy DPP status, as we've mentioned. If you look at his scoring this year, his poor scores have all been injury-affected or occurred in his first games back from injury. Those are 50, 43, and 68. However, his other scores are 132, 86, 107, and 100, and I'm sure anyone that uh, needs a forward would take those as as scores. Uh, But I guess the key question is, is that foot injury going to rear its head at a very crucial time of year? And that is my number one concern. As Damon also mentioned earlier, his CBA is in, um, in his, his, his highest CBAs was in that 132 game, obviously, but it hasn't looked like he's got that back yet. Um, which is also a big concern for his scoring. Um, if he's not taking a, a big chunk of that ruck time. Now the third option, Bolton. If it had been three weeks ago, Bolton was a one Oh one chance to be in my final upgrade. <laughs> Uh, between round four and round 13, he was averaging 108.1 with a lower score of 96 and tons in six of eight games. Um, He looked to be a dead set certainty for a top six forward. But in his last two weeks, he's gone 44 and 59. His lowest score of the year 
um, which was 29, came in Richmond's, obviously, their shock loss to Sydney. Um, so it does seem that if Richmond aren't playing well, Bolton struggles. And that's a big question mark for the rest of the season with uh, Richmond still to face Brizzy, Geelong, Frio over at Optus Stadium, GWS at Giant Stadium. And also, I mean, Hawthorne's not not, not a massively... They're not. They haven't been like a, a world beater team, but they've they've been pretty pretty handy in recent weeks. So that's something to consider. So to be honest, I'm not certain on any of these guys. To be 100 percent honest, I think their pros and cons almost make them equal in a sense. Um, as I mentioned earlier, it's probably between Dale and Bolton for mine, and it is a real coin flip. I think at this stage, Dale at least has that really certain flaw, which is nice. Yeah, uh, for me, I would probably go for Bolton, just as, you know, as we've seen, when he's performing at his best, it looks as though he kind of does it in, you know, in second gear. Yeah. He's, he's probably proved the most reliable over that, that patch. I'm not going to say uh, over the journey because it, sort of the start of his season wasn't the best. And as we see now in the latter part of the season, he's kind of having a bit of a downer. Um, and I just hope, yeah, that there isn't a correlation with... Richmond's run of form like you don't want him to be a flat track bully mm. and only perform when Richmond are going well um, hopefully for their sake and for Richmond supporters as well that they turn around their form and they, they have to at some stage I think and I think uh, Bolton's going to have that opportunity to stay in the midfield um, you know as we've seen Prestia not the most reliable uh, getting injured always um, Cochin being managed for, for time on ground as well um, so I, I don't really have any worries too much about his his role uh, with some, you know, chipping with some CBAs here and there or playing out in the wing. Um, so I'd probably choose him. Dale, I don't really like his poor ceiling. Uh, at this stage, I'd probably be, want to, be wanting to go for someone who has, you know, ideally a high enough floor, but um, also a, a higher ceiling. Um, yeah. You know, you don't want to be capping yourself too much. Um and I think Bolton has as more of a more of a ceiling. Yeah, sure, he's been performing pretty bad over the past couple of weeks, but I'd go for him. And uh, Marshall's injury, he does entice me with his uh, his his bargain basement price, really. Um, but his injury history, yeah, that, that turns me away for sure. Definitely, I think it's it's it is a tough one. I'm very much of the opinion that it's it's a coin flip between Dale and Bolton. Um, yep. I'm only really choosing Dale. Just because at least he has that semblance of a of a of a reasonably high floor, um, yep. which is the risk with with Bolton with his current runner form. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I think either way, uh, you 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 could go, you could go either way there. I tend to live as as Austin Powers says. I also like to live dangerously, and that's that's with Bolton. <laughs> Why don't you bring Stringer in then? Oh, that's uh, no, that's a different kettle of fish. That's for you to do, Liam, and for me to sit back and I don't like to live dangerously and laugh. Anyway, all right, let me let me let me see what I can do for yeah. you. Okay, thank you. Uh, moving on to the next question from Rob Volpe. Um, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, at the Fangster, best player to get under three thirty k for the run home. Uh, Damon, I'm going to chuck this question straight over to you to begin with. Yeah, uh, fair to say, slim pickings for three thirty k and under. <laughs> Um, which is why your know, budgeting is so crucial when it comes to trades throughout the season. Obviously a bit too late now for Rob, but um, it's something that I think probably is overlooked and people mm. get a little bit too starry-eyed when they see someone that they can afford to like almost the dollar or the cent. And that can almost see you come undone uh, if it does sort of snowball. And as we've seen here with, with Rob, 
potentially um, that's happened and he has to settle for someone at that price range. And you don't want to be left like that with, you know, a few trades remaining because you don't want to be, you know, if you don't have trades up your sleeve to then make a downgrade of one player to then afford more cash to pour on top of the 330k to really afford a decent primo, you know, you don't want to be left like this. But I mean, slim pickings, but if I had to pick one and it is a risk, um, a big risk, and it is uh, Fiorini for the Suns Mm. who came in because um, there was an injury to, uh, I think it was uh, Noah Anderson. Uh, And there was someone else, I think a Lockie Weller, I think it was as well, who I think is making his return. Um, He's listed as a test. So he is potentially making his return this weekend. But um, Fiorini, he hasn't had any CBAs thus far, but um, he can run along the wing, um, play Mm. up forward, push higher up the ground um, into that wing position. So... Yeah, for me, I think he's kind of reminded me on the weekend that he can score quite well when he gets given a good run uh, because in the past he's been having to ply his trade as a as a, an injury sub um, and he hasn't really had ample opportunity to string together some form. I think the main knock in his game is his um, disposal efficiency. Um, but yeah, if he gets a run at it, I think he can show that uh, he can score well enough mm. for that price anyway. Uh, like I said, Lockie Weller is a test, could come back. However, Noah Anderson is TBC and could be out for the year potentially, which could uh, you know, only help his job security. But like I said, still presents as a risk. And uh, I know I sound like a broken record because I did harp on about it at the start of the season. But Paddy Dow has arrived. Well, Has he? No, I can't be too certain. But all signs, Liam, are positive. So uh, yes. he's a very solid option at 291. 0.7k and um, the way you played on the weekend I don't want to get too ahead of myself and I can do that as a Carlton supporter <laughs> but sorry yeah it's funny it's sorry. okay I know it's true that was, that was a bit mean because I, I understand just, I understand the pain as a Don supporter what you can't smell what we're cooking Liam is that what you're saying oh yeah <laughs> bloody hell um, but yeah like I harped on about in the preseason the way he's playing or the way he played on the weekend was mirrored to how he was playing in the preseason so it looks as though he's recaptured that that form almost but and it wasn't in patches either it was across the entire game yeah um so i'm really bullish really really bullish bullish and as a carlton supporter as well i hope to the super coach gods no not to parish <laughs> to the super coach gods hey, and to the footy gods blasphemy <laughs> that he does actually make a bit of a, a consistent run of it i think so um mm. yeah i think for me uh, jump on him, but they're really the only two options that I can see. What about yourself, Liam? Yep, to be honest, as you said, there's not a heap of value at that price range. Um, you could you could consider, I guess, Jack Darling at 237.9k. Mm-hmm. Has the potential for some big scores. Did score over 100 on the weekend, but will also have some very low scores too. Mm-hmm. As, in fairness, he did score over 100 as a forward in a team that got absolutely demolished. Um it's not a safe pick in the slightest, um, but it is one that you could consider. Um, another option, as David mentioned, is the preseason trap, Paddy Dale. Yeah, hey, yeah, hey, hey, hey. That's look, true. <laughs> no, look, I, I mean, I had him. Yep. I had him. But he's, he's finally showing us the scoring that we expected of him after his preseason this year. 
in the in the last two weeks, he's scored 81 and 84, which is a relatively solid base for a player priced, priced at that 291.7K. He also had a season-high 79% CBAs on the weekend, mm-hmm. correlating with that higher scoring and seemingly isn't being plagued by his low time on ground that we saw at oh, the start of the season. God. And, he's <laughs> and his DPP status does top it off. I think if you're looking for someone under 330K, I'd be going for Dow. And just quickly, talking about you know, Carlton taglines, I guess. Is there anything like, you know, like how they had that we're coming? Like we're coming. Um, I feel like that's what, that's been like the story of Paddy Dow. Like he's, he's sort of shown what he can be, but hasn't really gone to that level consistently. And I hope, I hope Mm. that this is it because he he looks like a a very good player. Yeah. He was a good player in his first year. And um, you remember that, that running goal, burst out of the centre and then kicked a goal mm. on the run from uh, on the 50 arc. And, yeah, that was like the highlight of, um, of you know, his season, but probably Carlton's season as well, yeah. the way we were travelling. But he played with the sort of confidence on the weekend, like I said, like he did in the preseason. So hopefully now that he uh, he gets a good run at it and can uh, you know, finish the season up sh- off strong and hopefully, yeah, hopefully. in a super coach sense as well. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think he's really the pick um, that I would be looking for if I had to pick someone under 330k. Uh, next question was sent in by Shane McGill at Roger Dog. Uh, he asks, Steel, Bont, Miller or Lines for my final upgrade has to be one of these four. <laughs> Thoughts? All right. One of these four it will be. <laughs> uh, you really can't go wrong with any of those picks, to be perfectly honest. I think just pull it out of a hat. Yeah. Just let, let, let the parish gods uh, choose for you. I just <laughs> He's gonna come crashing down, you watch. I know, I'm really I'm really building up here, aren't I? Um I just don't know if you can look past <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Please don't crash Darcy. I reckon you will as well after signing a uh, signing a two year extension. Um, just quietly. Uh but I, I do have hope. I do have hope. That's what I need as a Don supporter. <laughs> I just, uh, anyway, back, back to the question. I just don't know uh, if you look past Bont and the way he's been scoring. I'd probably go Bont, Lyons, Steele, Miller in that order. Um, you, you just can't go past the way Bont's been scoring and playing. His game is super conducive to high pursuit coach scoring when he's on, obviously has that really high ceiling. Lyons is as consistent a scorer as they come and has a pretty good floor and, and does have that good ceiling as well. Steele's floor is quite high due to his tackling pressure. That means that he doesn't need to get a load of disposal to score well um, for your side like uh, some of the others might need to. Miller is the relative newcomer to this lot, but he's still a reasonably good option. I just think the others on this list are slightly stronger options, um, and that's the only reason I have him at the, at, at the end. But to be perfectly honest, as I said, if you pulled a name out of a hat and just went with that, I think you've got a good, uh, you've got good potential with any of those names. Yeah, totally agree. I think Bont should top the list um, for obvious reasons. But yeah, it could nab any of the four for differing reasons and, and each have their own merits in doing so. Um, if you want to save some cash by going for someone other than Bont, yeah, um, yeah you're going to get similar output. Um, but they all, like you said, have uh, different strings to their bow. Um, you know, Bont has got that ceiling. Lions for his consistency and dependability. Uh, Steel for his uh, high floor due to high tackling and Miller for his high ceiling in recent times and um, if you watch any of the Suns games he is just a running machine and his ability to run from stoppage to stoppage yeah. um, and spread also um, when the when the ball has been turned over from forward to defence is insane 
um, super, super fit bloke and, um, yeah, can find the ball at will. So, yeah, any of those guys, uh, yeah, pick from a hat virtually. Um, <laughs> if you want to go for the highest of highs, I'd go for Bont. Um, but, yeah. It's, 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 it's a tough one. It's not that we don't have an opinion on these players. It's just that they're all... Yeah they're all good yeah like they're all they're all solid options that that i'd want in my side i think I'd, i think you'd, you'd go for bont i think that's probably the yeah just if you've got the money to do it you'd do it just, yeah pretty much yeah every timing has dropped in price a little bit yeah yeah it's true it's true i mean you could potentially wait an extra week for bont but i mean the scores that you, the score that you potentially miss out on probably yeah. outweighs it so it's worth bringing in now now that leads us to our next segment, which is the Supercoach Edge Group Rankings. Now this, I must say, is a pretty big week. And mm. for that reason, we're going to do this segment a little bit differently than normal. Yes, uh, the overall leader, Liam, of this round, as you'd probably expect, was, again, the carryover leader for the last nine weeks. <laughs> nine weeks! Gee whiz! It's been crazy. It's absolutely insane. And we've put a face to the name. Because uh, he's uh, he's hit us up on on Twitter, so thanks for that, Arthur. But yes, Arthur of Black on White, uh, absolutely killing it, Liam. Yes, go into detail how much so. Yeah, he has a huge overall score of thirty six thousand and fifty four, and has managed to increase his rankings, going from fifteenth overall to seventh. Go you, good thing. <laughs> I told you, Liam. I told you. <laughs> he did. He's going he from did. strength to strength. He I is. think he even quoted what I said. I can't even remember what I said. But I think he quoted on Twitter. I said he's gone to the next level or something. I don't know yeah. what it was. Next gear but, or something. Yeah, next gear. But uh, yeah, he's increased his lead on second place now. Now, remember you were saying like uh, second place has narrowed the gap. No, no, no. He now sits <laughs> 500 points on the dot behind him. So uh, good luck. No, number two. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's a tough, tough bridge to climb now. It's just like, <laughs> call out like, hey, down there. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to keep it a bit interesting. I hoped that, you know, we could create a bit of competition here, but obviously, obviously yeah. it's, it's not going that way. <laughs> but now I guess that brings us to why this was a pretty big week. Yes. And it is, Liam, because the top score in this round, believe it or not, mm. was 2,760. Huge. We almost need like that that announcer at the darts to, to give us his rendition. <laughs> How would it go? Two thousand seven hundred and sixty, something like that. That was pretty good. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Yeah, good job. Got got another career up your sleeve. <laughs> Even better <laughs> was that score was from the one and the only Arthur of Black on Way, <laughs> and that was the fourth high score for the round overall. So close to the one K prize. So close. As Donald Trump would say, that's huge. <laughs> anyway, if you want to join in this, <laughs> if you want to join in the Supercoach Edge group, uh, just enter the code seven. <laughs> oh my god, I can't even look at you. <laughs> anyway, if you want to uh, join the Supercoach Edge group, uh, and just enter the code seven nine eight two nine six. But really, what's the point? Arthur with his team black on white is just at the top. Is 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 not getting taken down. I threw I threw the challenge out there, Liam. Remember a few weeks ago when I said <laughs> anyone that can join us now, if they're like at the top of their game, they could eclipse Arthur. But mm. no one, no one has like taken up that challenge. No, no one has, unfortunately. So I mean, at this stage, it's looking like Arthur's gonna, you know, 
end the season it's the top of the group and he's going to get his hands on that shiny Supercoach Championship ring from, from the legends at Supercoach Championship rings. The He's going to get the ultimate bragging rights because he's been there for like 20 weeks. Um, and we'll get to have a bit of a chat with him on the final podcast of the season, which will be uh, very, very fun, I think. I just had a thought. Yeah. If he is crowned the winner, he yes. can be dubbed King Arthur of the Supercoach oh, Edge group. He could. That's reason enough to win it overall, Arthur. Come on, yeah, mate. Come, come on, on Keep going. Well, we want to crown you. And then you can change your handle on Twitter. Do whatever you want. King Arthur of Black on White. Mm, love it. I love it. Very good. But um, that brings us to the end of the show. But uh, before we sign off, just a reminder for listeners as to where they can find us and hit us up yes. with any questions. Yeah, you'll find us at, at supercoach underscore edge on Twitter. Damon at, at DamoJ88, myself at Liam Evans underscore 95. Facebook, Insta, search Supercoach Edge. Uh, you'll find us there. And if you want to send us send us an email with some fan mail, some some questions, whatever you like, aflsupercoachedge at gmail.com is where you can send that to. Yes. And uh, Liam, as we sign off, let's forecast ahead to next week because we have a bit of a, a big matchup between both of us not just do. in terms of our usual head to head this is a head to head in uh, my cash league uh, and uh, we, we currently are sitting uh, I'm first I think from memory yep. and you are and I'm third third so uh, this could be the week that separates the wheat from the chaff it really could uh, I think if I win but depending on what happens with the guy in second yep. uh, I would jump to top of the top of the leaderboard Mm. if you win you obviously maintain that so yeah. big big week big big week it is but um, I think I'm going to take a leaf from macho man Randy Savage well, I'm talking about all the way to the top yeah unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in but the cream will rise to the top oh yeah and that's going to be me <laughs> Anyway, alrighty. <laughs> On that note, uh, all the very best for your uh, weekend ahead for your team. Hopefully, you came away with a win on the weekend, and uh, yes. we'll catch you next week. Go, you good thing, Darcy Parish. No. Go, Jake Stringer. Get him. Yes, get him, my team, Jakey Stringer. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.